Apex Shadow contains content that may prove upsetting for some listeners. Specific content warnings can be found in the show notes. Madison Park's office is honestly rather beautiful. It's spacious, with off-white walls that take full advantage of the glow from the city outside the windows. Her many bookshelves contain texts not just of psychology, but history, finance, philosophy, and spirituality from around the world. No one who knows her would ever question that she's read every single one of them. For decoration, there are many gorgeous landscape paintings, all representative of different places, some real, some imagined, all wondrous. There's lush plum carpeting and two large leather couches. Sinking into them is like getting a hug, all that. And still, the serenity of the office stands in stark contrast to the serious nature of the meeting at hand. We've got no case here, Maddie. There's nothing to justify a removal. You can send Jack back for a formal interview if you want, but as it stands right now, there's no apparent sign of physical abuse. No one in the house is saying a word. None of the neighbors either. Not to mention that I guess Turner's got his hand working miracles on Mayor Dick Jr. Metaphorically speaking, of course. I mean, either that or his honor doesn't want to be thrown into the sun, which is a worthwhile concern. Bottom line, our hands are tied here without a real complaint. Come on, Meg. Give me something here. That kid needs out of there. I trust Jack. Turner sounds like a ticking time bomb, and I'm not going to just wait around until he blows up, taking his wife and his son with him. Don't get it twisted. You know, there are battles happening right now in the Supreme Court about separating children from superpowered parents on principle because of the supposed inherent dangers they pose to those kids. The thought of that turns my stomach into a fucking pit of worms dosed up with Pop Rocks. But this? This is a different thing altogether. A kid's not safe. Neither's his mom. So, hey, do what you need to do. I'll fight for you. I'm just saying, don't tie my hands behind my back and ask me to high-kick my way to victory. I'll do it. But I've been real fucking lax about my yoga. What about a leak to the press? Something about how the mayor's office is gumming up the works. He's not, though. That's the bitch of it. He's just an asshole who's choosing to be as uncooperative as is humanly fucking possible. Everything he said to Maddie was technically true. The fact that he's motivated by the need to gargle Turner's balls rather than by a genuine concern for ethics is immaterial. He's still technically in the right on this one. But technically was your favorite word, Meg. Yeah, when I get to use it to legally annihilate a motherfucker, not when it gets in the way of my winning. We'll have to start looking for a way to create our own opening here. I'll start calling in some favors in other city sectors. See if I can't reach a new understanding with the DA where Liam Turner and the mayor are concerned. And as they're brainstorming, Jack's phone begins to ring. Sorry, excuse me, let me just... Hello? Is this... Is this Mr. Dobson? Yes, it is. It's it's Jasmine Turner. Mrs. Turner, hi. So good to hear from... Augie. He's in the hospital. It's... He's been hurt very badly. I don't... You don't know, I just... Jack can feel her fighting valiantly to hold her emotions in check, but it's a losing battle. Mrs. Turner, it's okay. Um, look, I'm gonna come meet you right now. You were right to call me. Are you at Heartsong Medical? Yes. God, I'm so stupid. No, you're not, Mrs. Turner. It's all right. I'm on my way. Jack hangs up, and he's on his feet in a flash. Kids in the hospital. I think we're about to get our formal complaint. Just hope it's not too late. Be careful, Jack. Yeah, I'll think about it. Jack's out the door, almost ready to start sprinting when Megan calls out behind him. Hey, Jack, wait up! Jack turns, and Megan sees the dark look across his face. You all right? I'm fine. Bullshit. I can't even imagine what you're feeling right now after, well, everything. 
I know what this means to you and I've got your back, all right? Don't ever forget that. Look, fuck this guy. We're gonna figure this out. It's not about me, Megan. It's about them. I gotta go. Jack. Now he's off like a shot. Jesus, Megan thinks he can really move when he wants to. She remembers the first time she met him. His eyes had been cold and dead that night, even deep inside of a very dark place. But he had been looking for a reason to not give up then, and she'd been fortunate enough to help him find it. But seeing the look he wears now, she worries if he might be losing himself again to another type of darkness entirely. Apex Shadow, Episode 3, Fragile Little Gods, Part 2, featuring the voices of Star Lee, Joseph Boslinski, Loretta Chang, Vinny, Ian Blancas, Alexandria Hudson, Akiva Vita, Alex Fernash, Rachel Schumacher, Mac Hunter, and Alice Petrell. Song Medical, overseen by Dr. Elliot Reed, is a bleeding-edge medical complex nearly the size of a football stadium. A rapid maglev shuttle carries Jack from the entrance to the heart of the facility. On his way there, his thoughts are restless. He tries to focus in on the soft hum of the transit system, but it's never easy for him coming back here. He understands the thought process behind Dr. Reed setting up shop here in the heart of downtown. After everything that happened, it's his way of offering a symbol of hope and renewal to the people of the city. Lord knows they can use whatever kindness they can get, even a decade later. But Jack closes his eyes, and he hears the screaming. The fires rage, the skies have gone red, and he clenches his fists, forcing himself to breathe normally. He must not allow himself to perseverate on what happened then, not when people need him now, in the present. He can't let himself dwell on how he should have been faster, stronger, more aware, how he never should have left. Grant me the serenity, blah, 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 acceptance, wisdom, etc. <sighs> Be present, Jack, come on. It doesn't take him long to locate Dr. Reed. Many of the staff know him here, and even those who don't are more than happy to help once they see his caliber and badge. He tries to maintain his composure. Despite some disagreements, Dr. Reed is a friend. Jack. Always good to see you. Hey, Doc. Likewise. You're here about the boy? A.T., yeah. Why don't we step into a conference room for a moment? Coffee? Not right now. All right, then. Here. They walk a short distance before Dr. Reed uses a palm scanner to let them into a large meeting room. So, what happened? August Turner. His mother brought him in. Right arm broken in three places, two broken ribs, multiple skull fractures as well. The kid's in a coma. Mrs. Turner claims he fell. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Exactly. I've been going over the boy's x-rays, and I can tell you this much. This wasn't from a simple fall. So what do you think happened, exactly? It's hard to tell sometimes, with these sorts of cases. There's still so much we don't know. These kinds of cases? Children with enhanced physiology. Young August is still growing, and he- Wait, the kid's got powers? In a manner of speaking. His skin is unusually dense. Enhanced durability in his bones and musculature, as well. A burgeoning gift from his father, no doubt. In its early stages of development, but still. The force required to do this kind of damage, it'd have to be comparable. 
Dr. Reed gives Jack a stern look now, gesturing back toward the door. I've notified the police. I believe you already know Detective Kavanaugh. She's speaking to the mother now. Good. Kate's good people, for what it's worth, Doc. Jasmine Turner called me herself. She was distraught. She didn't disclose anything over the phone, but I think she wants to. I think she's trying. We just need to give her room to do it. I'll tell you what I told the detective, Jack. Do something for this kid. Even if he wakes up now, next time, we might not be so lucky. Augie Turner looks small and fragile, resting on the high-tech hospital bed, while the apparatus scans his vitals almost entirely silent. His mother sits by his bedside, stroking his hand with tears in her eyes, eyes which she so far has refused to allow to meet Detective Kavanaugh's own. You know how this ends, right? Jasmine Turner says nothing. She just looks at her son, so still. So vulnerable. One, or both of you, is gonna end up dead. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. Hell, maybe five years from now. Who knows? The universe is real damn funny about these things. But, eventually, it's gonna happen. He fell. Come on, Jasmine. He fell. Lady, I swear to Christ. Kate, I thought I heard your voice. Oh, look. It's everyone's favorite modern-day Gandhi. I brought you coffee. She takes note of the somewhat small cup in his hand. Ugh, that's hospital shit, isn't it? It's not just any hospital, it's heart song. Uh, besides, the thought should count for something. <sighs> I suppose. Give me a minute. I hate you. I know. Kate lets out a long <sighs> breath through clenched teeth, rising to her feet with her hands clenching sporadically. I'm Jack fucking Dobson. I'm everyone's best friend. Let's solve our problems with hugs. I love you just the way you were. Fucking God, Jesus, fuck, asshole. <sighs> the door slides closed again, and Jack is left alone with Jasmine Turner and her son. Sorry about that, Mrs. Turner. It's... You can call me Jasmine. I... I don't want... I... That's all right. Sure. Jasmine, uh, I'm sorry about my friend. She just... She's worried about us. Yeah. What do you think about that? She says nothing at that. Her eyes are wide and wet. She's adrift in a vortex of conflicting emotions, looking for a way out. You called me. Do you remember? I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have done that. I think it's really good that you did, Jasmine. It took a lot of courage to do that. That was a really brave thing you did. Oh, no, no, it's... I just overreacted again, that's all. What about your son? What about Augie? It was... He fell. It was an accident. An, an accident. He fell. That's it. He fell. Jack moves closer to Jasmine and Augie, removing his glasses and looking down at the boy. I talked to Dr. Reed. He thinks... Someone hurt Augie pretty badly, Jasmine. No, no, no. He fell. That's what happened. And I know it wasn't you. It wasn't. It was. She tries hard to hold back the tears. But once they start spilling out of her, it's impossible for her to hold them back. <laughs> She looks at Jack now, her face looking old, tired and worn under the hospital lights. She's breaking apart, and all he can do is be there for her. It's all right, Jasmine. Let it out. 
Don't keep this bottled up inside of you. You're safe here. She clasps her hands together, and Jack thinks she might be praying to herself, if not to anyone else, searching for strength. <laughs> he hit Augie so hard. He kept saying, don't tell me what to do, and you, you think you're, you're a big man, huh? Are you a big man? It just... It wouldn't... It wouldn't stop. I'm sorry, Jasmine. I'm so sorry. Then... When Augie... When he got... Still... Liam just... It was like something broke inside him. He just... He panicked and he just... Ran. He took off from the house like... I don't even know. I've never seen him like that before. Like what? Like a child, almost. He just... He seemed ashamed. Scared. I... I don't know. Do you know where he went? No. No, I, I really don't know. That's alright. Everything's going to be alright. Don't worry. He didn't mean to. He, he's not, I don't, I don't want this. I know. I want things to be okay again. I know. This can't go on, and I know that. This, this is too much. It has to end, but if I try to leave, if... I try to get Augie away from him. I don't... I don't know what he'll do. You are strong enough. I promise. You can do this. God. Why? Why didn't I stop him? Why? There was nothing... Jasmine, look at me, alright? There was nothing you could have done. Nothing. I should have left. I... I just... None of this is on you. You're here. You're alive. That's what matters. Now you have to decide what comes next. But I promise, you're not alone. There isn't much said after that. Some more time passes, and then Jack excuses himself from the room, stepping through the sliding doors to find Kate leaning against the wall, sipping at the coffee he gave her a short while ago. She's, um, ready to talk to you. Yeah? Yeah. I knew you could do it. I didn't do anything. She did. <laughs> yeah. Does she want you in there with her while I, you know... Nah. I figure it's better if it's just one woman to another this time. But she's ready. I came at her pretty hard. There are lots of ways of fighting for people. Sometimes we just have to figure out the best approach. <laughs> Is that your diplomatic way of calling me an asshole, sir? Well, if I told you, it wouldn't be very diplomatic, would it? Yeah, I, I guess not. Listen, I... Uh... Yeah? She fidgets awkwardly against the wall for a few long moments, pursing her lips. Then suddenly, she reaches out and gives him a clumsy, one-armed hug. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> What am I being thanked for, though? I'll figure that part out later. She lets go of him then, and as she pulls back, she finds that his eyes are more familiar to her now than they have been since this nightmare with the Turners started. It feels like things are starting to be okay again. Gonna go do the, uh, cop thing. Gonna, gonna stick around? No, I have, um, there's something else I've gotta do. But she'll be in good hands. I'll see you, Kate. You'd better. Kate heads in to speak with Jasmine Turner, letting the sliding doors separate them once again. She doesn't see Jack let out a slow and heavy breath. Doesn't see the way he starts to stride with purpose and finality back towards the exit. Doesn't see the shadow that falls back across the face as he removes his glasses and his eyes go dead. 
Desiree Keenan has been on the move since she was 12, bouncing between foster homes, jobs, friends, lovers. The world's never been able to keep up with her. But now, she finds herself oddly at peace, in the strangest of places, doing something she loves. Fuck yeah! Making things that hurt people. Are you talking to me? I said, are you talking to me? But bam <laughs> Bad people in particular. Maybe I could drive the output up some more? Ah, stabilization's gonna go completely to shit, though. She's the best weapons designer in the state. Maybe the country. But not many people know that. As it stands, right now she has only one client. Keenan. Jesus! Man, what did I say about the ninja shit? I didn't mean to scare you. You didn't, man. It, you startled me. There's a difference. I'm sorry, I startled you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you need this time? I'm going after big game. How big? Big. You know, I love how expressive you are, boss. Seriously, makes my life so much simpler. You just say these things and I get to go right on. Yes, I know exactly what you need. Coming right up. What have you got? Chuckling to herself, Keenan picks up the weapon she's been working on. A large gun with a long, wide barrel and a high-tech choke, glowing with sinister red lights. I read your mind. I'm cool like that. The man in black hefts the weapon she offers him, studying it with his unreadable eyes. That is the house special right there. New shotgun design. Combination of the same magnetic propulsion systems in your pistol, plus a secondary function that absorbs ambient heat from your environment and stores it up for later use. You draw down on a motherfucker with this thing, it'll be like punching him in the face with a truck. A truck that is, in fact, also on fire. The man in black looks at her and nods. What else? What else? Jesus. I said big, Kanan. You did. You, you did. Uh, all right. Now she offers him a large red bracer of some kind, featuring what seems to be a launcher mechanism. Slap that on your wrist. There you go, you got it. Quick shift, adaptive nanowire. The contact point will change in real time to be whatever the hell you need. This ain't your daddy's grappling system. This baby will latch onto anything. Anything, my friend. It's environmental resistant, virtually unbreakable, with a maximum length of, uh, well, Shit, truth be told, I haven't found it yet. Uh, it's a lot, is my point. Got a tensile strength of up to 10 tons. That's one fucking zero tons. A grappling gun? That's not just... What self-respecting mass Avenger doesn't have a fucking grappling gun? <sighs> okay, okay. Tough room. I gotcha. For the gentleman of discerning taste... Keenan produces what appears to be a grenade, featuring a prominent red button. Equilibrium Displacer does exactly what it sounds like. You throw one of these puppies down, anybody in its radius is gonna have a rough fucking time telling up from down, left from right, inside from outside. Balance, <laughs> lunch, out of here. Signal burns through juice real fucking fast though, so uh, don't you go getting complacent, boss man. I'll take them all. I'll wire you your money shortly. Thank you, Keenan. Hey, go ruin somebody's day, boss. Almost as quickly as he appeared, He's gone, and Keenan stands alone in her workshop. Man, I love that guy. All right, next up, uh, ooh, something with rockets. Dear Kinsey, I am writing this letter to apologize for ragging on you so often in the precinct. Kate sits staring hard into her computer screen, searching for answers that refuse to reveal themselves. Two hours of searching property records and so far, nothing. <sighs> My eyes, they burn. Somebody shoot me, please, I beg for death. Careful, if you keep saying things like that, they'll send you for a psyche eval. <laughs> this is America, they will not. They will help me put the gun in my mouth and find a way to build my corpse for the cleanup. That's, uh, very cynical. You haven't been here long enough. Ease up on the kid, KDK. He comes from a more civilized kind of police. Well, certainly. When we want to kill ourselves, we're more dignified about the whole thing. You mean quieter. That's what I said. 
What are you working on, Kavanaugh? I'm trying to find where Liam Turner might be hiding. Got enough to haul his ass in, finally, for hurting his family. Gotta enjoy the shit out of it, too. The champion? Do we even make cuffs that big? How the bloody hell are we gonna bring him in? Much less keep him locked up. One step at a time. Gotta find his oversized ass first. He is a beefy boy, that's for sure. You know, they say the weird weather effect that gave people powers a few decades back jacked the shit out of their metabolism. Regardless of the powers they ended up with. That's why they all look like Greek fucking gods. What? So if you want to find a cape, look for an underwear model? That's the theory, yeah. How's that for impossible beauty standards? <laughs> what are you chuckle fucks even doing at this hour? Didn't your shift end like an hour ago? I'm just, you know, doing a bit of this, a bit He's of- He's been looking into your boyfriend. I'm gonna fold you into an envelope and mail you back across the pond, kid. I don't have a- Wait. There it is. You mean Jack? You said it, KDK. Not me. I swear to God, every time with you two. What are you snooping on him for? We're not supposed to use the database for personal shit. Yeah, but everybody does it. Besides, he's tangential to the man in Black Murders. Was his client that got 86 Donahue's not gonna give a shit. Okay, but come on. And she was allegedly his client? Katie. He wink-wink nudged you right onto the path. Come on. So, what's a friendly little HIPAA violation between friends, honestly? <laughs> you never called me your friend. You're annoying. You know he's rich? Who, Kinsey? God, <laughs> I wish. No, kid. You new, totally not boyfriend. He's worth at least 45 million. Bullshit. I'm fucking serious. Pulled his financials. You remember the big class action against the city after the downtown tragedy? Yeah. Your boy made out like a bandit. They paid him real fucking good to be quiet after what happened to his family. His... family? Morgan! Jesus Christ! What family he never... mentioned. Wife named Claire, seven-year-old daughter named Sophie. Killed in the invasion. He... he never said anything. The... Come on, Morgan. Don't make this a thing. The man's private. What's weird about that? A whole lot of people died that day. People handle their grief differently. Thank you. You are now slightly less annoying. This is a... a this is a serious invasion of his privacy, Morgan. And mine. Look, I'm just... Something's off. You know how much he makes working for Caliburn? I don't... I don't want to know. Six figures a year. This guy pulls fighting the good fight on behalf of Madison fucking Park and the high-tech new age feel-good machine. And speaking of Madison Park, guess who doesn't exist on paper until about 12 years ago? She's she's rich. Rich people are, are weird. Morgan, alright? Is there a point to all this? The fuck are you trying to say? I'm saying... I don't know. Something's off about your new fucking friend, KDK. I think there's a lot about him you don't know. Fuck you. Kate, listen, I'm sorry about- Fuck you too. Without another word, Kate storms away from the two men, moving fast. For their safety, they don't call after her. <sighs> I swear to fucking God, Kinsey. I am putting you in the trunk. Liam Turner sips his drink, contemplating his reflection in the dark surface of the inactive widescreen television. This is so fucked up. He's lost control before, but this... this was really bad. Augie. The poor kid. But that wasn't his fault. It's just so hard. They don't understand. No one understands. Fucking telling me how to run my life, my family, telling me my business. No one gives a shit about how I'm feeling. What about what I need? Of course they fucking don't. He can fix this. 
He can make this work. He just needs to call in some more favors at City Hall. Get Marlo to play ball. Then make sure Jasmine has her fucking head on straight. Probably hasn't said much. She knows better. They've gotten through worse. They'll get through this, too. They have to. Without her and Augie, he's just... What the fuck? The lights. They shut off with no warning, like someone let the night creep from outside into the penthouse. But the rest of the power still works, it seems. Fucking hell. Tonight of all nights? Irritated, he rises to his feet. He's moving for the phone, forming the perfect epithets in his head to hurl at Rosalind, or whoever the fuck is managing the front desk right now, when a soft chime signals the elevator doors sliding open. Who the fuck? The man in black stands there, backlit by the soft glow of the elevator, for just a few short moments. As Liam Turner's rage begins to boil again, he clenches his fists tightly at his sides. The doors slide close again, and now the intruder is swallowed in shadows. He's still visible, though, washed in a blood-red glow, both from the lights on the strange gun in his hands and the pair of wide, featureless lenses staring back at him. Hello, Liam. How in the fuck did you get in here? I can always get where I need to go. I know who you are. You're... They call you the fucking man in black. Were all the good names taken? The man in black cocks his head like some demonic bird of prey, saying nothing. Nobody's supposed to know about this place. How'd you find it? How the fuck did you- You showed it to me, Liam. A long, long time ago. We were both very different men back then. What the fuck do you want, freak job? I'm here to hold you accountable, Liam. For all the things you've done. Yeah? Hold this, you fucking asshole! One-handed, Turner grabs a heavy coffee table made from ornate steel and glass and hurls it across the penthouse with the speed of a bullet. But the man in black is already moving, racing to the side as the makeshift weapon explodes against the elevator doors of the cacophonous crash. Come on, fuckface, come on! I've been wanting someone to break all fucking night. Your son wasn't enough for you. The gun roars, bursting with a terrible red light, and for the first time in God only knows how many long years, the champion feels pain. What? What the fuck? He stumbles back, clutching at his chest. It takes a moment for him to recognize the smell of burnt flesh. A moment more to realize it's his own. That's not possible. The man in black lets off another volley of rounds, and they all find their targets slamming with horrible, unearthly force into Turner's body. Now, he drops, rolling, crying out as though on fire. I'm gonna fuck you up! Show me. Turner clambers to his feet, snarling like a beast from the jungle. He moves with incredible speed, wary now, but no less dangerous, and picks up the couch he'd sat upon moments ago. Come on, then. Turner swings the couch like a club, screaming bloody, trying to swat the man in black like a fly. But his opponent dodges with ease, ducking, weaving with minimal effort. I'm gonna smear you across the ceiling, you Halloween reject piece of shit! The man in black leaps clear of another one of Turner's titanic swings and throws down the equilibrium displacer right where he'd been just a moment ago. Wait, what the fuck? Turner's legs turn to jelly, and he drops almost instantly to a knee. He tries to hold the couch above his head, but as strong as he is, such a task becomes impossible, as he forgets how his fingers are supposed to work. The couch drops down on top of him, bouncing harmlessly off his impossible frame. But nonetheless, Turner shakes his head as if stunned. He tries to get his bearings, to get back to his feet, but every movement is sending the world into a tailspin. How tough do you feel now, big man? The nanowire fires off from his wrist, and the man in black rapidly ascends to the high ceiling above them, swinging past Turner again to reposition himself, tumbling through the air, letting off several shots at the champion. 
as he moves. Fight me like a man, goddammit! Turner tries to go for the device a few yards from him, clearly the source of his disorientation. But it's too much. Nothing works right. Is that what you did to August, Liam? Is that what you did to your wife? Did you fight them like a man? Liam Turner rolls onto his back, forcing himself to look at the black-clad assailant with all the smoldering rage he has. I have saved countless lives. I'm a goddamn hero, just as much as Apex, just as much as any of them. Now what? You're gonna come into my home on the worst night of my life and threaten me with your stupid little fucking gadgets and your stupid pointy ears? Because you don't like how I talk to my wife? Or how I raise my son? Who the fuck do you think you are? Liam tries again to gather himself, but the feelings are getting worse. His stomach lists and churns like a whirlpool. His eyes are blurring. It begins to feel as though his whole body is oozing apart with every breath he takes. And as he thrashes, writhes, trying to make the room make sense again, the man in black moves to him. And to Liam's mounting horror, now he points the weapon directly in his face. Your little fucking toy stings, shithead. But you don't have the juice to kill me. Fucking bitch. You don't have the fucking- I'm going to let you in on a secret, Liam. The man in black deactivates something along the surface of the weapon, and suddenly, its lights go dead. The weapons, the tools, they aid me in my work. He reaches down between them and plucks up the equilibrium displacer. Another press of a button, and within moments, Liam finds the horrible feelings fading from his body. But they're not what makes me dangerous. You asked me who I thought I was. Liam's eyes burn as he rises to his feet, ready for war. Ready to tear this freak show limb from fucking limb. Ready to make him eat his heart. I'm the one who's going to beat you to death with my bare hands. Liam Turner blinks. He thinks that he must have misheard, but it sure sounded as though the fuck in the dark coat had just told him. <laughs> the punches come like lightning strikes. There are explosions of pain across Liam's face, his body. The man in black's fists keep hitting him with sounds like splitting tree trunks, and he can't even process the feelings running through him as he begins to come apart inside. No, can you? No one's that strong. Turner goes back down, crumbling like a building demolished. A boot heel drives down into his hand, and he listens to it break. A split second before he feels it. Who are you? I'm where you end, Turner. I'm where you finally stop. I'm where your family sleeps again. I'm where your world goes dark, so your wives can go on. I'm where you get put down like the rabbit dog you are. More punches. Kicks. The pain is alien to him now. It is a force that exists outside of Liam Turner as his world shakes. How does it feel, Liam? Are you scared? Are you alone? Are you praying inside that putrid mind of yours? You're not a hero. You're not a man. You're not a husband or a father, Liam. You're filth. And it's garbage day! Do you hear me? The man in black reaches down, grabbing the bloody mess of torn flesh and shattered bone that barely remains Liam Turner by the throat and lifts him easily like a sack of grain. I always hated you. Turner's eyes, crying blood, stare into those red pits of terror, and as the man in black brings back a bloody gloved fist, the broken champion manages to speak. Do it. What? Do it. Please. <coughs> I... I don't know where you put it. What you do, what you do with it. What are you talking? He grips the black-clad killer's wrist, and his eyes widen with his pleas. Why won't any of it stop? There is no bravado now. No fake macho nonsense. No mythic veneer of a god. Just a man who weeps at the end of a long trek into a dark tunnel. I let them die, you know. I was supposed to be a hero. I was supposed to protect them. And in the end... I just... I failed them all, crying 
screaming. They won't stop. They never stop. And I... Oh, God. When they start up, it's too much. Everything's too much. I don't know what to do with it. I don't... Turner isn't even frightened anymore. Now, he's just falling into shame and misery, hanging limply from his opponent's grasp. There is almost nothing left. There's thousands of them. Thousands! And they wouldn't stop. They kept killing, killing, and killing, and I, I couldn't. Liam Turner closes his eyes. Please, please, you have to make it stop. It's been hours, and Kate still hasn't found a single shred of useful information. Every minute she wastes searching fruitlessly is another minute that the Turners, and God only knows who else, remain in danger. She yearns desperately for sleep, but she pushes the exhaustion aside, digging deep, hoping desperately for something, anything, to shake loose. And then her phone rings. Oh, fucking great. Unknown caller. Just what I need tonight. Kate almost drives her thumb through the screen. She pushes so hard on the accept button. Whoever you are, you picked the worst fucking night to bother- Hello, detective. Kate's blood runs cold. Who? Who is this? I think you know. Kate rapidly regains her composure, though as she speaks, her fingers are clenched so tightly around the phone that her knuckles go white. There's no point in trying to trace this call, is there? No. What the hell do you want? I left something for you. Oh, you shouldn't have. My birthday's not for another month. I'm sending you an address. If you want to find Liam Turner, then start there. Kate's phone beeps with a notification. She doesn't look at it. I'm not sure if you know this, but it's diamonds that are a girl's best friend, not corpses. I'm not your enemy, detective. Then it's gonna be real fucking awkward when I find you, put your face in the dirt, and cuff your hands behind your back. You might want to move quickly, detective. And then the line goes dead. Kate closes her eyes, drawing in a long, deep breath. I'm... I'm gonna get you, motherfucker! When Augie Turner wakes up, he feels sluggish and numb. His young eyes rebel against the light, but he squints furiously, searching for his mother. Mom. And Jasmine is there in a flash, taking her son's hand in hers, tears streaming down her face. Doctor! Doctor, come quickly! I'm here. I'm here, Augie. I'm here. Mom is here, baby. I'm... It is very hard for the boy to speak, to think, but it feels very important to tell her this. I'm sorry. What's that, sweetie? What on earth are you sorry for? I tried to help. You did, baby. You did. And you do. Every day. The doors slide open, and Dr. Reed enters with a wide smile on his face. You are my whole world. You know that? You are my brave, beautiful, amazing son. There's not a day that goes by where I'm not even more proud of you. I love you, Augie. Jack Dobson's place is immaculately kept. Everything's clean. Everything's tidy. But it's dark in here, even at ten in the morning. Blackout curtains are drawn over almost every window, save one that allows for a sliver of light. Jack sits on the couch in the living room, looking like death warmed over, half-dressed, holding a cell phone to his ear. 
Hi, honey. I'm just calling to tell you two things. One, I love you very much. Two, I love you very much. Three, oh crap. Okay, that's three things. I should start again. Maybe? No. Ah, ah, okay. You have no idea how crazy it's been, but he agreed to the meeting. He won. Who the hell? Jack rises to his feet, making half-hearted effort to render himself presentable before opening the door. Well, shit. Looks like you're having a great day. Kate? Uh, I, um, spent a lot of time on the phone last night. You're here. Yeah. Sorry. Last night got crazy. I wanted to tell you in person. Um, what are you- Well, Augie Turner's awake. That's, uh, that's great. That's excellent. Yeah. Doc Reed says it'll take a while for him to make a full recovery, but he'll get there. That's, um, it's really good news, Kate. Thanks. Thanks for telling me. I've never seen you in a t-shirt before. You're, uh, kind of ripped, dude. Um, the shirt's small. <laughs> Is it? Thanks for telling me about Augie, Kate. Seriously. Um, I need to get back to- Uh-uh, not so fast. Not to get all Billy Mays up in this bitch, but wait, there's more. Is there? Yeah, I got a call from my serial killer last night. You what? Oh, yeah. Jesus, Kate, are you- I'm great. I'm fantastic. I'll be a million times better when this jackoff's dead or in jail. You got to Turner. Wait, so, um, Turner's dead? Surprisingly, no. My guy turned him into a fucking sack of meat and snot, broken and wailing about how he was sorry for everything he did. Aren't his targets usually a little more, um, expired? <sighs> Clearly the asshole thought he was doing me a favor. Is that what you think? That's what I know. Gonna add it to the list of reasons to kick his ass, believe me. Kate looks him directly in the eye now. You gotta be careful, Jack. This is two cases of yours now that this guy has been smack dab in the middle of. What are you, um, um, saying, Kane? I don't know. Just watch your back. I'm starting to wonder if this fucker has something to do with caliber and services. And I don't say this uh, about many people, but I'd prefer it if nothing bad happened to you. I, I yeah. I'll be careful, Kate. Don't worry about me. <laughs> yeah, me. Worry about you. Ain't that a hell of a thing. I've got to get back I heard to about what happened to you, Jack. The temperature drops. What? Kate has to fight the urge to take a step back. She knows immediately that she messed up, but it's a path she can't seem to stop careening down. I... Your family. I heard about your family. I'm fine. Jack, it's... Was that it? It's... Ugh, look... I know I'm not very good at... I, I just wanted to... If, if you want to talk about it... I don't. Uh, yeah. Alright. I'm sorry. I was just... Don't worry about it. Have a good one, Kate. Yeah. You too. The door slams on her farewell, and Kate is left alone on the porch. God damn it. Back inside, in the dark. Jack fights hard to control his breathing, hugging himself as though against a chill. God damn it. He moves slowly back to the couch where he sinks down, deflating, letting his head drop back to stare at the plain white ceiling above him. Once more, he brings the phone to his ear. Hi, honey. I'm just calling to tell you two things. One, I love you very much. Two, I love you very much. Three, oh crap. Okay, that's three things. I should start again. Maybe? No. Ah, ah, okay. You have no idea how crazy it's been, but he agreed to the meeting. He wants to hear my proposal. Do you know what this is, Jack? We're gonna help so many people. It's gonna work. Okay, 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 okay. I need to stop screaming in the street. Ah, okay. Okay, I'm done now. Maybe, did I tell you I love you? Cause I love you. For a while, Jack doesn't move, just regards the empty ceiling, staring. 
But then, after a few long minutes, he plays the message again. Hi, honey. I'm just calling to tell you two things. He doesn't cry anymore. Hasn't cried in a long time. One, I love you very much. Two, I love you very much. Three, oh crap. Okay, that's three things. I should start again. Ah, ah, okay. He's found better ways of dealing with the things inside of him now. You have no idea how crazy it's been, but he agreed to the meeting. He wants to hear my proposal. He should have killed Turner. Should have turned his useless fucking brain to paste inside of the remains of his skull. Do you know what this is? Jack, we're gonna help so many people. It's gonna work. But back there at the penthouse, in the moment, he saw a piece of himself in Turner's misery. He remembered the pain that came for him on the day the skies caught fire and the world stopped making any kind of sense. <gasps> okay, 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 okay. I need to stop screaming in the street. Ah, okay, okay, I'm done now. Maybe, did I tell you I love you? Because I love you. He can't make that mistake again. Kate's getting suspicious, and he just snapped at her, too. He's not proud of that, even if she was just talking about killing him. No more mistakes. He stares at the black, pointed-eared helmet sitting on the table across from him. The optics are switched off, but he can imagine the hellish red glow glaring back at him. The last thing so many fragile little gods have seen. The last thing many more will see, still. And he plays the message again.